more. Our podcast highlights heroes for girls, positive role models, women they can look up to. Let's empower the next generation of girls to serve their unique purpose. Show young women what's possible. Inspire them to lead, influence, and make a difference. Prepare them for leadership and to impact this world for good. So are you ready? It's okay. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Heroes for Her podcast. I am super glad you're here. If you have not already done so, please head to accessmore.com so you can subscribe and not miss any episodes and awesome content we have coming up. New episodes are coming every Thursday. So I'm, I've got a lot of cover today. So I am going to jump right in after a very quick Wideman family update. So on the Wideman front, we I've gotten a lot of questions recently about our adoption journey. So many of you know if you've been listening to this podcast for a little while that the Wideman's over the last 12 months or so had been and are continuing now to pursue a domestic adoption. We got all of the paperwork done. We have a completed home study. We have gotten our home ready to welcome a new son or daughter. So we've been on that track for several months waiting to be matched and placed with um, a a new son or daughter. We don't know. So we and then all of a sudden, you know, this baby came along. So we um, were surprised at what God was doing to grow our family. We had talked about adoption for a long time and had decided on it over a year ago. So we put all the steps in place. We got to all the the paperwork and all of the um, things you have to do to become an approved family. So we've gone through that and we had been just in sort of a holding pattern waiting to be placed. So the update on that front is nothing about our hearts has changed for adoption. We are still pursuing an adoption. We just don't know where it's going to fit in with this new baby and when it's going to happen and when God's going to move. So thank you uh, for everyone that sent messages in asking about the adoption. We welcome your prayers and we know um, and are just waiting for God to, to bless our family with a new little bundle, both the one in my belly and the one that we don't know anything about yet. So it's been a really exciting journey so far, but I will have more information probably during the next update, um, because I'm waiting for some information to come back about how to transfer things over from one state to another state. And I will update you here. So lots to cover today uh, on the show. So I want to get right to it. Today's topic is called how your brain and body can help you be an effective leader. And I want to start today by just talking about the time that I spent as a teacher. So when I was a classroom teacher professionally, I taught full-time for eight years. I started in high school, then you know, high school, public school for a few years, and then I moved to a private school where I taught like K through four foreign language classes. And so I, I kind of did that dance of like public school part-time and then private school part-time, which was a really weird, hard season of a lot of work. And then I switched over to the private school and spent six years there full-time teaching Spanish and English and lots of different subjects. Anyway, so I've spent a lot of time mentoring kids, but I want to talk about girls specifically because I've mentored them in class, out of class, on the athletics field, in so many different educational arenas. And in doing that, I met and counseled hundreds of parents who were looking for ways to guide their daughters in today's world. And whether that was through 
parent-teacher conferences or after-school meetings or, you know, just check-ins with moms and dads. Like moms and dads and me, we would sit down together and so often they would explain, you know, a struggle they were facing with their daughter. She heads straight into her room. When she gets home, she doesn't talk to me. Her door is always shut. Or every day, you know, my daughter is struggling with her friendship. She gets to school and she wonders who her people are going to be that day. Like, are, is she going to have any friends that day? And all of these parents would ask me some version of the same question. They would all say something like, I want to talk to my daughter. What can I say to her? What are the words I can use to reach her? I want to have a certain conversation that is going to close what feels like it's this widening gap between us. I want to help us come back together and I need words to do that. Can you give me the words? I heard that question or a version of it all the time. And if you are listening to it today, you have made the commitment to lead young women. So you know that whether the girl you lead is six or 16 years old, words are going to be a powerful tool when it comes to mentoring her because women love words for the most part. It's in our modeling. It's in our behavior. Um, We like to talk. We like to converse. We like to relate with each other. But I want to sort of steer us for this conversation today away from words because we know words are powerful in the lives of girls and in our mentorship, but it truly is in our modeling our behavior and our leadership that is going to help your girl understand much more than your words ever will. So the question that I want you to think about today as I work through this information, because I'm going to unpack a lot, uh, the question is not necessarily what are the words to use, but instead, what are the ways God is calling your girl to leadership and how can you as her parent, her teacher, her mentor, whoever you are to this young woman, how can you walk alongside her and train her up as she learns how God wants her to be fully awake and to get up and to do the work of advancing his kingdom? Like, how are we going to take, how are you going to help your girl take the answers to some of life's most important questions and put them into action? That is the challenge that I want to talk about today, because the truth about leadership, about what this conversation that we're having about girls and influence. The truth is that God designed all of us that we would activate our gifts to win souls and make disciples and to influence a dark and broken world for Jesus. That is what real leadership is. Leadership in its simplest form is influence. And our effectiveness as leaders is going to depend upon how well we align our influence with God's design of us as women. And today I want to talk through two different ways that we can do that. Things that we need to understand as far as like how we're going to come alongside girls as a community to support them to lead well. I'd like to approach it from two different angles. Those angles are understanding her God-breathed design and helping her connect her credibility to her influence. So if you're taking notes today, or if you're listening in the car, you can come back and kind of dive through this later in a deeper way. But I want to walk through those two subjects with you right now. So we're going to start first with understanding her design. Now, when I went from teacher to entrepreneur, I realized very quickly (laughs) that I needed 
a totally different kind of mentorship and support than I was used to. I was used to being in the classroom, learning from, you know, in professional development scenarios. I was learning from other teachers that had more experience from me. So I, I made the jump to entrepreneurship and went, I don't know how to be an entrepreneur. I'm not a business owner. I'm not, I'm not, I can't, I, you know, I did that swirling pattern of like devastation for a a little while, a little season. And then thankfully I became aware of a mastermind group where I lived in San Diego. It was specifically for female business owners who wanted to grow their business and learn how to lead their companies. Cause I went from, you know, I'm an English teacher to now I'm the CEO. I'm the founder of this company and I'm in charge of leading this movement. And it was super helpful for me to, in, to join this mastermind group because although I was very, I would say I was overly competitive as a young person. I've talked about this many times on many different shows. I had no real formal training in any sort of businessy thing like negotiating or marketing, how marketing and public relations work together to help you scale your business. All of this information was very foreign to me. So I was grateful for this group, this mastermind group filled with amazing women who were all trying to grow their businesses for many, many reasons. We would meet every single month and we'd work through some of these business concepts. And we'd, you know, they'd train us, they'd help us understand, you know, when you walk into a room, this is kind of what you're going to face. And when you want to negotiate, this is how you would approach it. And it would give us these really simple frameworks for having conversations with people, even hard ones um, and things that I just wasn't used to doing in my, you know, in my previous professional setting. And the first few meetings were so helpful because I, we, no matter what business concept we were working through inside this group, we always always the teaching was approached through the lens of the feminine design. The first few meetings, we didn't even dive into any business typey issues. We just talked about how we're wired as women. And so many of, so much of what we discussed, I hadn't ever really considered before. I mean, I, everyone who's listening to this podcast, if you are listening to this podcast, you know that as women, we think and feel and operate differently than men do. And you can shake your head and laugh because we know that's true. It's true. But specifically, what is different about us? How can knowing those differences inform our leadership? And that became a very interesting question to me. So I began to realize as I, as I, you know, there's the weeks go on and I'm part of this group and I'm interacting with these women and learning so much, I began to realize how crucial it is to understand more of our feminine design so that we can positively impact the people around us that we're trying to influence. How does God's design of women matter? And what does it mean in light of the the mandate that he gives us in Genesis 1? And, And we talked about this in a previous episode. When God created man, he did it in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. This is verses 27 and 28. And it says in Genesis, God blessed them. He said to them, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue the earth, have dominion over the fish and the birds and every living thing that moves upon the earth. Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue the earth, have dominion over the animals. And we've talked about how dominance over others is so often how leadership is approached. That for us to be effective leaders, we need to dominate other image bearers or position ourselves in authority over a person or a group of people. And that's how the current hierarchical structure of business is set up. 
and so many other systems inside our, our culture and our society. Now, I'm not saying it's time to scrap that system and start over. There are a lot of benefits of creating hierarchies and helping people understand managerial, you know, ways that people can, can in effect, get things done. So I'm not saying let's scrap that system and start over, but I am saying for this conversation that the way God calls us to leadership, to lead others has so little to do with our own personal authority and everything to do with his ultimate authority. And what I believe we can do as leaders is if we want to help the young women we're leading increase their understanding of God's design of them. We want to help them understand how God wired them, how it is different from their male counterparts. And when we celebrate those differences, we can see how God's design actually fits us very well together, both wholly and holistically. And both genders will be able to lead from their giftings, their strengths, their values. And that is how we're going to grow the kingdom of God. Now, I never studied let me just preface this by saying I never studied formally any of this scientific biology, you know, any of that stuff, any of the brain and biology behind how men and women are different. I'm more of an English history kind of lady, but just for fun, um, answer this question in your, you know, ask it, ask it rhetorically, even though you may or may not know the answer, but just ask it internally. How many biological differences do you actually think there are between men and women? And I'm going to give you the answer. It's over a hundred. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about this in later episodes, but I'd, I'd like to quickly for this conversation, highlight just a couple of key differences. Hey, I'll be back to finish the episode in just a second, but first taking a quick inventory. Can your daughter name every Disney princess, but does she struggle when it comes to the women of the Bible? This is exactly why we created Bible Bells. It's a five book series that allows you to help your daughter connect to scripture like never before. It lets her interact with the stories of five extraordinary women and gives you the tools you need to guide tough conversations about things like beauty, identity, and purpose with your girl. This best-selling series will build the character, increase the confidence, and strengthen the identity of the little girl you love. And best of all, it'll give your girl real heroes, positive role models she can look up to. To learn more, visit BibleBells.com. That's Bible, B-I-B-L-E, Bells, B-E-L-L-E-S.com. For the most part, what we know about the female brain is that it is wired for empathy, altruism, which is essentially a concern for other people before a concern for oneself. And it's also wired, the female brain is also wired to process language on both sides of the brain. Now, opposite of that, not necessarily opposite, but in in stark differentiation from that, the male brain is hardwired for things like building and complex systems. They have, uh, they're concerned about things like power and politics and competition. Those things are some of the values that make the, the wiring of the male brain function. And for as far as processing language goes, language processing inside the male brain happens only on one side of the brain or the other side. It doesn't happen across both hemispheres. So some things to consider for this conversation about women, about the girl, the young woman that you lead about yourself is that we as women are designed for a couple of amazing talents, gifts, if you will. 
ways that we can interact with people that are that are in stark contrast to the way that men are wired to to do this. We are wired to read people beyond their verbal language. It's how we can tell that something's wrong with a friend by just this innate sense, this intuitive feeling that we have. Those those feelings of intuition when something's wrong with someone and we can't really explain it, those actually come from the intake of, of information that is nonverbal, that I mean, right down to like the fact that our inner ear is wired to hear subtle intonations and vibrations in a person's voice. Men are not wired to do that. So we can tell when someone is distressed, even if on the outside and by all amount, like, like by all accounts of what they're saying, they don't seem distressed, but we can perceive these other nonverbal clues, cues. When someone feels distressed, we personally feel distressed. We, when someone's in pain, we suffer that emotionally with them. And we also think in terms of whole community, we are wired by God to see the bigger picture. We have this feminine intuition that can really serve us well if we can identify it, learn to harness it, and learn to leverage it to be effective in our relationships and be effective in the way we lead. The downside, not really the downside, but something something to think about also when we think about the way our brains process language and information when it comes in, it can take us a lot longer to think through solutions, which any woman listening knows that can cause exhaustive analysis, overthinking. I mean, how often have you been in a situation just like spiraling into all these different scenarios and going, gosh, I can't get a hold of my thoughts. There's so many things swirling around in my brain. So we've got a couple of real challenges to tackle. But the, my point is there are, there are, you know, pers- there are perceived positives and negatives about the way we're wired. And I believe that if we, the more we can understand even generally the biological differences, the brain differences between the masculine and the feminine designs, the more we can support the young women we lead, not to feel inhibited in any way, but to feel invigorated, to feel energized, to do the work that God prepared in advance for them to do, because he prepared that work with their feminine design in mind. So understanding design is going to be a key component for our conversation about leadership. Now, the second way we can support our girls to lead well is by showing them how their credibility connects to their influence. And I want to talk briefly and give you a definition of credibility. Like, what is that? What does that word mean? So a quick definition. Credibility is the quality or state of being trusted and believed in. Now, every single woman listening, if you are listening, you know that trust can take years to build and only one day to destroy. Amen? For females, specifically, we have two separate challenges to tackle in this area of credibility. Goal number one is we have to learn to trust and believe in ourselves. And goal number two We need others to trust and believe in us too. Credibility is vital to your girl's ability to bring other people along on whatever journey she wants to lead them on, whatever change she wants to implement, whatever goal she wants to attain. Now, let me give you a quick example. I never expected to be a mom. You know this. I have been through 
many bouts of cancer. I, I we're coming on my the tenth anniversary of the last surgery I had. I was diagnosed with a very aggressive form of thyroid cancer. It started in my neck. I was 26 at the time, and I battled it for five years, 2007, 2012. And I remember sitting in the doctor's office with my mom when the doctor gave me the news. We did not catch it early. When they found it, it had already metastasized to most of the lymph nodes in both sides of my neck. It was in my chest. It was up the base of my skull. It was going into my brainstem. And shortly, it did not take long after that first diagnosis. I mean, it could have been that afternoon that I started to believe and tell myself that a future and milestones like marriage and motherhood or at the very least, surviving the cancer, (laughs) that all of those things were going to be out of my reach. And then what seemed like against all the odds, all of the things that my situation was telling me were true, against all of the odds, I became a mom. And I began to realize the sphere of influence God assigned me to when I became a mother. And I can say with confidence, I haven't always felt this way. I really struggled at the beginning finding out I was pregnant for the first time. Like, oh no, Lord, did you did you not make a mistake? Are you sure? Are you sure you want me mothering someone? Um, but I can say with with confidence that there is absolutely no one more qualified on this planet to raise my daughter than I am. And I don't mean that in a prideful way. I'm just trying to acknowledge that regardless of how I feel or how much I trust or don't trust my abilities on any given day, God did not make a mistake when he gave that little girl to me. He doesn't make mistakes. And I can own, I can own this assignment because I can trust the one who assigned it. So I've struggled to trust myself, to own my own credibility in the mothering aspect of life. Now, in the entrepreneurial founder CEO circle, sphere of influence, it was not as easy as what I just described. And I mean, even like arriving at credibility as a mom wasn't easy, but for like for me, Bible Bells was really like our side business for a long time. I mean, I wrote the stories at the library on the weekends between grading English essays and being a wife and learning how to be a mom. Renee was like one and a half when our first palette of books showed up. And I remember sitting in the backyard with Brent and he was like, you have got to quit your job. We're getting all these requests for you to come and speak and teach. And I think you're supposed to quit your job and do this with me full time. And I looked at him and I was like, well, you're nuts. I'm not doing that. But what he said challenged me. It really challenged me. And for the first time I started to view this, this new professional work I was doing through a new lens. And in that time, in that little season, after Brent put that bug in my ear about, you know, what would it look like to jump in with two feet to say goodbye to something I told the Lord I would do when I got sick with cancer, I went back to school and became a teacher. So it wasn't as easy as like, Oh, cool. I'll just wrap this part of my life up and, and segue into this totally different, very unfamiliar, very uncomfortable new situation of running this company. So I spent a lot of my quiet time with the Lord in that season, just asking him like, can you help me believe 
Can I trust and believe enough in myself and what you say about me to step out in faith to get out from behind the computer screen and lend myself and my voice to this movement? Like, can you help me arrive at that feeling, that confidence, that trust enough in you? Can I believe in you enough? Can I believe in myself enough? Can I, can I make the connection between who you are, who you say I am, and how I can practically walk that out? And what I didn't realize at the time is how poised I was and how poised we are as women to lead well in the modern world. There is a ton of science around this in recent years. And I want to reference a 2013 article, Harvard Business Review, top 10 competencies desired for modern leaders. Now, the most highly correlated characteristics for the ideal modern leader, they polled like 64,000 people, was an international survey. Here are those 10 traits. Number one, expressive. Number two, plans for the future. Number three, decisive. Number four, reasonable. Number five, loyal. Number six, flexible. Number seven, patient. Number eight, resilient. Number nine, intuitive. And number 10, collaborative. Expressive, plans for the future. Decisive, reasonable, loyal, patient, flexible, resilient, intuitive, collaborative. Is it surprising to you that most of these traits are considered as feminine to the people who who participated in that study? Most of the values that women innately possess as part of their God-given design are the ones desired most for modern day leaders. How cool is that? It is such an exciting time to be a female leader. Both the environment and the culture in which we live have changed dramatically, and they've become more accepting of the unique value that women can provide. And learning more about the science behind this has encouraged me so much that I can own the credibility I can own the calling that God has placed on my life. And that is my prayer for you listening, that I hope learning a little bit more about the science and our female wiring, the way God designed us on purpose, that you would feel emboldened to own your credibility and the calling that God is placing on your life, not just to lead and mentor this young woman you've been called to, but in every other aspect, that it would permeate every other every other space and place inside your life. Now, I have to wrap up because, and we've covered a lot today. Um, that's all the time I have. I'm going to be diving way deeper into these topics because, like I said, I've learned so much. I'm fascinated by it. It's supported me and encouraged me so much in my own leadership journey, both personally and professionally. So I can't wait to dive into these in in weeks that are coming. But that's all the time I have today. I have to wrap up. If you have not yet subscribed to this podcast, be sure to do so at accessmore.com. We have new episodes coming every Thursday. And if you have a question about something I went over today, you you want more information, more science behind why women are poised 
to lead well in today's world. I mean, this is the conversation that excites me as a mom, as a woman, and in every other role that I'm in. Um, be sure to leave me a comment, shoot me a message, and I would love to answer those questions and just and dive in further into the topics that you guys care about. So um, be sure to subscribe, accessmore.com, and I will see you next time.